Good morning. Delighted you could be with us this morning. This morning we are uh, having a little bit of electrical problem. So if it comes up to then and has a problem, just bear with us. We'll make it work. So we're glad that you could be with us this morning. Uh, we are watching to see about the storm coming our way, and it looks like it may miss Naples, but it certainly looks like it's going to go up the east side of Florida. That's what hurricane season is all about and these storms, and that's why we live in Florida, so we have this kind of enjoyment rather than earthquakes like my sister has out in Southern California. But we're delighted you came to join us today and to be with us. Now, the question I always get asked is, Pastor, when are you going to reopen the church? When are you going to do that so we can have it? We were hoping that it would happen today. We were hoping that this would be the first time we would have it open. But we're not, as you can see. We've postponed that and put that off a little bit because we uh, were concerned about the COVID rise here. I understand it's plateaued and kind of moving back down again, which is always positive. But we want to be careful. We don't want anyone to be sick. So... For you to keep a track with us, and in order to know where we are, I would invite you to go to our website, which will automatically have the notices on it when we are opening, and it will tell you lots of great information at www.naplessdachurch.org. You can find it there. And there's all kinds of things, information there that I think would be helpful to you. All right, so... This morning, I want to continue on a little bit with what we've been talking about and look at a passage of scripture in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. If you have your Bible, if you would please turn to that. This is a uh, story that is happening in sequence in Acts, and I would like for you to follow along with us. Acts chapter 9. If you have your Bible, grab it. If not, pause us and go get it. It's fun to uh, follow along on the passages that we have. So here we are. Acts chapter 9, beginning with the very first verse. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. And he went to the high priest and he asked him for letters from the synagogue in, for Damascus. So that if he found any there who belonged to the way. See that? Do you see the capital there? The way? following Christ, in other words, the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners and bring them back to Jerusalem. Now, the setting of this happened to be following right up after the stoning of Stephen. And if you know the story that's in chapter 7 and 8 of the book of Acts, Stephen was stoned, we say that he was the first Christian martyr, in 34 AD. And at his stoning, Saul, the zealot, was standing there watching it, holding the coats. And perhaps that event inspired him as he watched that. It may have touched his heart, but it inspired him as a zealot. He's going to go after those Christians. So in verse 3, he says, as he neared Damascus, as he was making way, and there's a place called the road to Damascus. It goes out over the top, over the top of Caesarea Philippi, where there's a cave there. At the head of the Jordan River, there's a way that you can go down and it goes into Damascus. You can't go there today as Americans because it's in Syria and they don't want us there. But he was on his way as he was nearing Damascus on his way on his journey with soldiers and ready to arrest anyone he could. Suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul. 
why do you persecute me? And Saul responded, who are you, Lord? And the voice said, I am Jesus. Now, for those of you who are not real familiar with this, this actually happened and took place after Jesus ascended into heaven. This happened several years afterwards, after the stoning of Stephen, and probably was in just within a few weeks after Stephen was stoned. And so Jesus ascended into heaven, and so he was speaking to Saul from heaven. And Saul looked up and saw him in heaven. He knew who he was. Verse 5, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. The Lord spoke to him. Now, it's interesting. He's in heaven. How could Saul be persecuting the Lord if he's in heaven and away from Saul? Well, Jesus considered that if you're persecuting his followers, you are persecuting him. So we know of the history that what happened to many Christians that were put to death, were martyred, were persecuted because they followed Jesus. You see, Christianity was not allowed. It was a deviation, they thought, from Judaism. Judaism was permitted in the Roman Empire. Either you worship Caesar, or if you were Jew, you could have your faith in Judaism. But Christianity was a different breed, and so Saul and the others and the Pharisees were all willing and eager to stamp out Christianity as best they could. And so one of the ways they did that was to persecute, and they were going after them. Now, keep your hand right there in Acts chapter 9, and I'd like to have you look at a passage we've looked at before, but we're going to look beyond that. This happened in 1 Corinthians 15, a very important place that Paul was writing. Saul had his name changed to Paul. So Paul is writing, he wrote much of the New Testament. So Paul is writing, and he, if you recall, we had looked in the first few verses of 1 Corinthians 15, and he said of first importance that Christ died, that he was buried, that he rose from the grave on the third day, all according to the scriptures, all according to the scriptures. It was of first importance. Now drop down to verse 8, would you? We're going to pick this up. At last, Paul has been describing how they had appeared to all the disciples, he appeared to the women, appeared up to 500. And then he says in verse 8, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. In other words, I didn't walk with him. I didn't hear his teachings. He appeared to me on the road to Damascus. That's where I saw him face to face. And he said, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle. Apostle is someone who is going out and has been sent. That's what apostle means. To be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, he said. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, he said. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. The grace of God that was with me. So when we think of that, when we think of that happening and going, he said, whether then it is I or they, 
this is what we preach, and this is what you believed, he's saying to them. Sharing with them, that's in 1 Corinthians 15, that's what he's telling to the church of Corinth. Going back to that, Jesus died, he was buried, he rose from the grave on the third day according to the scriptures. That's the most important part of the entire scriptures. That's the most important part that we could ever look at. Those facts, that, that Jesus died, he was buried, that he rose again from the grave on the third day, and he lives to make intercession for us. He ascended into heaven. It is of first importance. All right, back to Acts chapter 9, would you? Just flip back to where we were. We're going to pick up now verse 6. So Jesus said to him, now get up, get up, and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. He was blinded by the light. He had to be led in by those that were with him. And he went into Tarsus. I mean, he went into uh, to Damascus. He was from Tarsus. And as he was in there, he went to a house. And the name of the house of the man was the name of Judas, not the Judas who betrayed Jesus, but another Judas, a common name. And he went there and he was housed there while he was blinded. Well, meanwhile, meanwhile, the Lord was out working. So the Lord knew that there were believers in Damascus. And he went and he appeared in a vision to a man called Ananias, who was a follower, who was a disciple, the Bible says. And he shared with him, I want you to go to this man on uh, Judas's house, which is on the street named Straight in Damascus. And there you will find a man by the name of Saul from Tarsus. I want you to, and immediately Ananias recognized the name because he knew what was happening to him. And he says, I cannot go do that. I cannot do that. That man is going to kill us. Lord, please don't make me do that. But the Lord responded in verse 15. He said, but the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel. Look at that. Go, this man is my chosen instrument. Well, what happened with Paul after his conversion that he calls on the road to Damascus? Certainly his life was dramatically changed. He became a follower of Christ and began to minister throughout the then known world. There, uh, Paul went on four missionary journeys, four different ones. The last one ending up in Rome where he was beheaded for the Christ and for the love of God. And so he made these journeys and many of them where he was beaten, where he was shipwrecked, where he was stoned, where he was whipped, all kinds of things. He kept getting thrown into jail because he was proclaiming Christ. Incidentally, if you'd like to go see those places, we're going to have a trip that's going to go next May. Just get a hold of me. I'd be happy to... Uh, get you the information of making the trip to go in the footsteps of Paul. We're going to trail the second and third journeys that he made, end up in Rome, spend some time there in Rome. If you would like to go, please uh, let me know. We'd be happy to have you. But I want to go back to the phrasing that was interesting, that what the Lord said to Ananias. He said to Ananias, this man is my chosen instrument. My chosen instrument. I'd like to ask you, 
was Saul, later his name became Paul, God's only chosen instrument? Or were there others? In Damascus, there was a disciple, the Bible says, that his name was Ananias. And the Lord called him and talked to him in a vision. A disciple by the name of Ananias, the Bible says. Ananias, then, I believe, was a chosen instrument of God to go and to present himself to Paul and to lay his hands on him, the Bible says, and restore his sight, restore Paul's sight. He was a chosen instrument. I think we could look at many places in the scripture and we would see just that, chosen instruments. Certainly Moses was, David, Samuel. Certainly Peter was, even though he stumbled and lost his way, he certainly would be considered a chosen instrument. John, Mary, Martha. In fact, I would like to suggest to you that if you really think about it, anyone who is doing the Lord's work and doing the Lord's will, doing what God has called him to do, that would be his chosen instrument, would it not? A chosen instrument. As I thought back over my ministry through many years of uh, being in all places around the country, I thought about, well, it's quite interesting where the Lord has led me. It's, uh, it's fascinating to me as I think of all the places that I went. I never thought that I would be there. But it appears that every place that opened up and that I went and that God opened the door for that, he not only had a ministry for me to do others, but their others had a ministry to me. I learned a lot. I hope others learned from me. But it's amazing as I think back of how God opened those doors, places I never would have thought I would ever go. I remember going into <laughs> Moscow, going to Siberia in Russia. I never thought I'd ever see that, ever be there. I never thought I'd minister in Boston. I never thought I would go to Reno, Nevada, or Minneapolis, Minnesota, or Wausau, Wisconsin, or Boring, Oregon, just outside of Portland. I never thought the Lord, that I would go. I, I thought, well, I'd like to pastor over here, or I'd like to work over there, but the Lord led me different places. Following the Lord, and I, as I think about it, I can always say, well, the Lord had used me he chose me to be his instrument. Frequently, I uh, speak to children and talk about it, and I ask them, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And of course, they want to be firemen, or they want to be something exciting like that. And, and every time I think about that I, and look at that, I remember God's plans are always bigger than what we think or what we dream about. Remember that. God's plans for you. God's plans for me and where he took me were always beyond what I ever thought would happen. And he put me in the right spot. God's plans. So I encourage young people to grow up to think, think bigger. See what God's plan is for you. It will be amazing to look at and to see. 
As I mentioned last week and the week before, a few weeks ago, we, Steve uh, Grivda led us. He's a young man in my church. He led us in a, a kind of an open uh, discussion in which we were throwing out ideas how we thought the church would, should be in three years, where we would like to be. Once this COVID is over or as this COVID is winding down, how could we, what could we be like? Where would we be? What would we dream about? It was a wonderful thing. And he had a great list of things. And I, I was amazed as I looked over them. I went, wow, look at all those things. Those are great things to have. And the thing is, believe it or not, is God has big plans for us. God has big plans for us. So even during this COVID, even during this experiment, we've been involved in distributing food. And as I think about it, as I think about the food distribution, we, every month we have a, a distribution of food for people that are hungry. They come right by the church. We just drop off food in their car. We don't ask much of them. Just open the trunk and how many are in your family and how can we help? But I believe this ministry began by Dr. Jelen uh, Civic, who, who happened to be on the board at the Midwest Food Bank. And through her influence and where she was, she opened the door for us as a member of our church. She opened the door for us to have this food distribution ministry. I believe then that she was God's chosen instrument, you see. Dr. Jelen, God's chosen instrument right at the moment. We also have a gathering in small groups. We have little groups that get together. Some of them are online. Some of them are in person, but they keep their distance and wear their masks. Studying God's word together or fellowshipping or whatever. Some others is starting. And there's a lady that leads out in the one every Saturday morning. Her name is Sharon Foster, and I, I believe she's God's chosen instrument to do that. We also have a connecting online and connecting online through our websites or through different things that are put on. We're on many different social platforms. Maybe that's where you're watching today. But many different ones and I don't know how to do all that stuff. But I have someone in my church who does, who makes that work for us. Her name is Danielle. You may be acquainted with her. I believe she's God's chosen instrument to help us there. Well, I got a note just a short time ago, uh, and it was uh, said to me, Pastor, I have an idea. He knew about the board. He knew that we were dreaming. And he says, I have an idea. How about developing a way to give people struggling a hand up rather than a hand out? Mike. Mike said that. I'm going to explore that more with Mike. I want to see where he's going with that. I want to listen and see, perhaps, perhaps here's a ministry that Mike is God's chosen instrument, you see. God's chosen instrument. His chosen instrument in our church, in your church. Where would that take you? If you were to just say, all right, Lord, how do you want me? Inspire me. Where do you want me to go? Where would that take you? What would that look like in your life? How could that lead you forward and you would know, 
I am his chosen instrument. My wife one time, she, she went to Somalia and she had answered the call from Samaritan's Purse that they desperately needed nurses and physicians and all kinds of health care people over in Somalia when it was in so much turmoil. It's when the Marines were there. So she volunteered and she went for a full month. Sometimes bullets were flying over her head because it was a very rough place. And I asked her, weren't you afraid? Weren't you concerned? She says, no, because I knew that that's exactly where I was supposed to be at that moment. She recognized she was God's chosen instrument to be kneeling down and stopping the bleeding of someone who had been shot on the roadside there in Somalia. There's no other feeling like that. To know you are doing exactly what God has called you to do. Would you please examine in your heart? Perhaps God is leading you into something or some part that God is helping you. We would like to get all of us going and get ready and to make our ministry expand even during COVID. We can't let COVID push the church around, can we? We need the church to function even as COVID is around. So think how you might be able to help, how you might be able to be involved. Let me know. I'd be glad to hear from you. And maybe open your heart and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? If you recall, recall in Isaiah, the Lord was asking, well, who would go for us? Who will go for us? And the Bible said, here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Is God calling you right now? I bet he is. I bet there is something happening in your own heart. You say, I need to respond. How can I help? How can I put my skills? Because he's calling me to be his chosen instrument in the working of his will. May you find that. And let that door open for you. It will bring you great joy and happiness to know you are his instrument. Dear Lord, I thank you that you provide for us a way and a method and a light. Be with us as we follow you and lean on your arms. Would you, Lord, let us know where you want us to work, how we could be completely in your will, and Volunteers say, Lord, here I am. Send me. What, what can I do? I thank you for the inspiration that you've given to fellow believers. And Lord, help others to find that as well. It will change their life and bring them joy and peace like they never had. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.